Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 58. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about mortgages. Well, more, more along the lines of, you know, there's a lot of talk about, should I pay off my mortgage early? Should I refinance it? Am I better off paying off the mortgage or am I better off just keep making the payments and the money I could have put towards the mortgage, uh, put that uh, and maybe invest that, uh, ratchet up the 401k, invest that on a periodic basis or the lump sum that I would have put into the mortgage? Am I better off just you know, investing that, getting a return, or is it better just pay off the mortgage and save a bunch of interest? And I think there's some misconceptions about how, you know, what it is that a, that a mortgage really is and the present value and future value of money. And so I wanted to go through a few things to give you more information and try and help you understand just some aspects of this that you might not have looked at. And potentially it might not be better to pay off a mortgage and it might not be better to refinance a mortgage depending upon a few different things. We'll also go through some of the assumptions that people make when they recommend one versus the other, because that's a big deal. And so first, you know, a mortgage or having debt, uh, wanting to pay off a mortgage early, it's kind of an emotional thing. And, and we can't discount sort of the psychological effects that, you know, people have as far as paying off debt. But recently I was reading a piece, I forget if it was in the Wall Street Journal Journal or maybe it was Market Watch. If I find it, I'll link to it in the show notes. But it's this idea that when, you know, housing was sort of, uh, you know, going into the housing crisis, people were trying to do whatever they could to lower the payments. You know, some people were doing these interest-only loans, which are negative amortization loans. Uh, you know, we just did a whole episode on the big short movie and understanding those products like credit default swaps that were talked about in that episode. And I'll link to that. That was actually last week's episode. But it's sort of interesting that people were trying to take, you know, as many years as a mortgage as possible. And they wanted to lower the payment to as little as possible and, and pay as little as possible a month. And I, in the article, and one of the things they were saying that uh, people now are having a greater tendency to to maybe not do a 30-year fixed mortgage, but to do a 15-year fixed mortgage. And the idea is that they'd rather pay it off early and get rid of it. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the differences there. And is that, you know, before you decide is a good idea, bad idea, just some things to consider. Uh, and there's a lot of things to consider. But I thought it was just sort of fascinating with interest rates as low as they are, um, there's still some of this, um, it seems like people are more reticent than ever to, uh, to have mortgage debt out there. And also people are, seem to be bringing in the duration of the loans. And they're also, um, the idea of sort of paying off the loans early. And there's a lot of people who, who espouse this stuff. Uh, people have pointed out that, uh, you know, individuals like Dave Ramsey, always say, you know, pay off your mortgage early, get rid of all the debt. Um, and, and it's less uh, common to have people talk about, you know, keeping a mortgage, but investing what you would have put in there and sort of looking at the differences there. And there's even some crazy stuff where, you know, people have fixed rate 30-year mortgages and they're, they're talking about doing, uh, what are they called, velocity 
mortgages where you're taking higher interest rate uh, revolving credit lines and and paying down the, the mortgage. So, okay, a couple things here as we get started. You know, there's one of the things you have to understand, and for this framework, what I'm going to do is imagine, uh, and why 500,000 is just, it's a round number, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of calculators online where you can look at this. But uh, let's say you were going to do a $500,000 mortgage. And, you know, maybe it, you, so if you're putting down 20%, uh, what does that make the house? Uh, now you're asking me to do math. But anyway, so a $500,000 mortgage, you know, after you put down your down payment, that's the amount you finance. And that's what you pay the principal and the interest on. And before I kind of get into the, the present value of all of those payments, one of the things that's a foundational aspect of finance is this idea that, you know, when when you have, let's say that uh, the discount rate or the rate that you could receive risk-free is 10%. By the way, that hasn't been the risk-free rate and the risk-free rate is typically, you know, a three-month treasury bill. Uh, that hasn't been 10% or as high as 10% in quite a long time, probably since uh, sometime in the 80s. But let's say that interest rates were, or the return you could get was 10%, or that's your discount rate, okay? And let's say that in one year, you were going to get a payment of $110,000. You'd say, great, that payment's worth $110,000. But wait a second, it's actually not. And the reason why it's not is because you missed out on getting that 10%. So you've got to do what's called a present value calculation. And bear with me, because this will make sense in a second with the mortgages. And that payment at 110000 in one year, if you discounted that down and you have to use the discount rate of 10%, the present value is only $100,000. I use really easy numbers, and it's not always this easy. But understand that with 10%, if you had $100,000 today and you got your 10%, you'd wind up with $110,000 in a year. If you're going to get a payment in one year of $110,000, the present value of that is only $100,000, all right? So I bring this up because the reality is that while people look at the interest that they're paying and the principal that they're paying, and I'll get into how those numbers are generated and and how interest rates affect those numbers, but let's say that you took out a $500,000 mortgage, a 30-year fixed mortgage, and your current um, interest rate is, let's say it's, you know, 3.5%, okay? And uh, rates have uh, certainly been coming down. And, you know, I think the 10-year today set an all-time low on the yield. is right around 1.32 or somewhere around there. But let's say that you take out a 30-year mortgage on your $500,000 debit balance and at 3.5%. You're going to make principal and interest payments for the next 30 years or the next, uh, what is that, 300 and... Oh, hang on, 360 months. Well, the reality is what I just explained to you, the present value, the reality is that you take the interest and you take the principal that you pay and you pay interest on this loan, obviously, right? But if you add up all of those payments over the next 360 months or or 30 years and you discount those back down by 3.5%, the rate on the mortgage, 
amazingly enough, the present value of all those future payments is 500000 The present value of all those payments over the next 30 years is exactly the amount that you're financing today. So when you're paying a mortgage and you're paying all of that over the next, let's say, 30 years in our example, because the payment that you make in 30 years, uh, whatever it is, is not worth the same amount in today's value as it will be in 30 years. And so you've got to discount that down. And so that's an important thing to remember, that when you have a mortgage, you're actually paying the present value of the, the mortgage over the course of all those 30 years. And we'll get into how inflation changes things and how uh, that can actually affect and, and help you in many instances um, and how interest rates change and can help you as well. But I thought that's a good starting point. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, in fact, uh, I teach uh, finance, uh, I guess you could say it on the side as an adjunct, right? It, it means you do it once in a while at a local university. And that's one of the things I show people. And it's sort of surprising that a mortgage is actually, you know, all those payments, all that interest, all that you pay. People think, wow, I'm paying all this interest. It's crazy. You're just paying the present value um, in today's dollars of the amount you're financing, but you're paying it over the next 30 years. So those payments get discounted down. So it's a little bit like, it's not magic, but it's, it's sort of interesting. So it's not too hard to figure out that what the interest rate is that you're financing your mortgage at makes a big difference in the amount of your payment. And your payment is made up of principal and interest, all right? But let me just give you some numbers, and then we'll kind of get into this a little bit. Let's say that on that $500,000 mortgage, you were going to borrow, but you're going to borrow at uh, 7% which is double the, the 3.5% I reference rate I used uh, when I pulled this uh, some numbers earlier uh, last week. So 7% on $500,000, your payment would be $3,326.51. Now, that doesn't include any insurance, any taxes, you know, anything else. That's just principal and interest. So um, that other stuff would have to be added in. And your first payment you would pay $2,916.67 in interest and $409.84 in principal. And we say principal on the $500,000 after you make that first payment. Well, you take your $500,000 minus the $409.84, and that would be your new debit balance. Every payment you make, you're putting a little bit more towards principal, and then you're paying interest, Okay. And that principal payment represents, uh, at least on the first year, and I say first year because as you, as you sort of uh, go forward, um, more will go towards principal and less will go towards interest. But depending upon the interest rate, it takes longer to sort of you know, see that uh, differential change very much. So the 409.84 represents about 12.3% of your overall payment would go towards principal now, at 3.5% on the $500,000 loan, uh, your total payment would actually be roughly $1,100 less. It's actually a little bit less than that uh, difference, but uh, $2,245.22, $2,245.22. And your first payment, the payment number one, would have $1,458.33 in interest 
and $786.89 in principal. Now that's significant, and that's one of the benefits of lower interest rates. Because remember we said the on your first payment at 7%, so double the three and a half, your principal, you only made up 12.3% of the payment at a three and a half percent, it would make up 35% of the payment. So this is one of the, the main takeaways. Lower rates not only reduce the payment, um, but they also, the lower the rate, the higher amount of the total payment, principal and interest, you're putting, you're paying down the principal, you're paying down the debit balance, the loan amount in that month. And that's actually fairly significant. Now, over time, the amount you pay on interest and the amount you pay on principal, it starts to adjust. And so the more payments that you make, the less that goes to interest and the more that goes to principal. There's actually what's called a crossover point. And that's the point at which your principal portion of the payment actually is greater than the, the interest amount. When we did that, uh, uh, the 3.5% loan, it, it would be about 10 years before your total payment would include more principal reduction than interest. In the seven and a half, or sorry, the seven percent loan, it would be about twenty years until the crossover rates. Quite a bit of difference, and so that's one of the things that you can see. Not only are you paying more interest and your payment is higher, but you don't reduce the principal quite as much. Now remember, though, if interest rates are seven percent and you take out a seven percent loan, and you make all those payments for thirty years, whether it's seven percent or whether it's three and a half percent, because you're using the, whatever the interest rate is at the time, right? Um, it's just simply the present value discounted down to the present of 500000 And that's an important point to remember. So we know that mortgage rates affect uh, the price, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the interest that you pay. Now, mortgage, uh, you know, getting aside from, from talking about, let's say, home prices, but obviously the, the lower interest rates are, the theory is that the, the more house that people could afford, but you know, there's other things like the unemployment rate, uh, wage growth, any number of things that, that come into play. But that's one of the important things to keep in mind when people talk about housing affordability or um, and things like that. Um, some other things go into it. But if interest rates, you know, if you were buying a home when interest rates were 15% in, in the early 80s, certainly you know, you could you could afford less home theoretically because um, the interest rates are so high and, and the payments were higher even if home prices were less on on a you know a nominal basis from today so I bring all these things up and I spend a little bit of time on this uh, because one of the things that that people get into is hey should I pay should I really really focus on paying down my mortgage early one of the things that you can see is that when you've got higher rates getting rid of um, you know, lowering the debit balance might be more important than when rates are really low. And here's why. Uh, because I just told you that, you know, partially the amount of payment that goes to principal, but also the amount of interest that you're saving. And by the way, if you take, let's say we take that uh, 0.035, which is three and a half percent on the decimal of that, divided by 12, so if you take your interest rate on your loan, if it's a fixed rate, you know, normal, simple loan, right? You can take your interest rate, so take the, the decimal of whatever the interest rate is. So it's 3.5%, it's 0.035, divided by 12, and then you multiply it by whatever the debit balance is on the account. So let's say we do it times 500. 
um, that's going to tell you on your next payment what portion is made up of interest, and then the rest, whatever's remaining, would be your your principal amount. So, um, spent a little bit more time on that than I probably should have, but I wanted to to sort of make uh, make sure that was understood. Um, where you are in this this mortgage payment, as we'll see too, the life of the mortgage also should factor into whether or not maybe you should um, you know pay it off really, and there's other considerations too. Um, so one of the things that people don't talk about a lot is the idea of inflation and how inflation helps, how inflation maybe changes the calculus on things. And we know that uh, inflation and housing prices and mortgage payments, um, it, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, um, it's all interlinked. There's a correlation between interest rates and inflation. And naturally, when interest rates or when inflation is on the rise, typically interest rates go up. Um, that's, uh, there's been a correlation on that. It's not a perfect correlation, but generally I would say that's a good correlation. Um, Somebody who's purchasing a house, theoretically, it increases with the rate of, you know, inflation. And I'll link to uh, Robert Schiller's book, uh, Irrational Exuberance. And one of the things that he pointed out, too, there's a lot of misnomers, um, you know, when when we sort of look at uh, how much housing goes up um, and things like that. And the reason I say that is, you know, a lot of people look at, um, they ask this question, it's a home and investment. And, you know, real estate is, uh, I don't claim to be an expert on prices of real estate and, and whether real estate's going to go up or down, those types of things. But one of the things that Robert Schiller points out is generally, um, over time, real estate has had, uh, you know, about the return akin to long-range inflation. And one of the things he points out, it really has close to a 0% real return, meaning the, real, the return after inflation. I know that some people will look at that and say, well, that doesn't sound right. But he, he, in his book, it's just interesting. He looks at the long-term real estate prices and is found generally, I mean, and that makes sense. The, the price of a home would theoretically go up with inflation. But inflation matters because a lot of times people buy a home and then let's say they hold on to it, although it seems like people are holding on to homes less. Um, but the, the home price has to be adjusted for inflation. And the payment can also be adjusted for inflation. So when we adjust for inflation, one of the things you try and do is you take a look at what an asset was or what the price of something was uh, a number of years ago, and you inflation adjust it for today's value. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's say your salary in the late 70s. 1976, 1977, was roughly $20,000 a year. And you think, well, that doesn't sound like very much. But remember, prices were lower then. And so if you adjust that for inflation to today's dollars, 20000 in the late 70s was more like $100,000 salary today. And so let's say that somebody bought a home, oh, I don't know, uh, 15 years ago. And 15 years ago, surprisingly enough, was only 2005. That's scary. Anyway, so 2005 was 15 years ago. Well, let's say that the the present value is 500,000. Um, if you adjust that back to 2005 dollars, uh, we would adjust it to 378,000 dollars 500. 
And I bring this up because, you know, a lot of times um, people purchase a home, they buy it, they hold on to it. And in theory, you know, that's uh, just for inflation. But I bring this up because not only does the purchase price sort of adjust, um, but the purchase price, if somebody buys a home, it's, it's a fixed. And if you have a fixed mortgage, your payment is theoretically fixed. So $378,500, uh, if we took a look, let's say our, um, I don't know, how do I do this? About $2,500 was the, is your current mortgage payment. If we inflated, adjusted it back, not forward, but back to 2005, uh, it would equate to about a $1,892 payment back in 2005. But here's the thing. Now, interest rates can change. What's really fascinating is that, and this gets into the, the idea of paying off a mortgage early, if you have a fixed rate mortgage and you're paying that rate month after month, that doesn't adjust up for inflation. And so you've almost got a little bit of a hedge against inflation, meaning as you're making this mortgage payment, if inflation is high and prices rise, you're sort of locked in at that, that, uh, uh, that whatever payment it was at. And so this gets a little bit complicated, but it should be something to take into the calculus of the whole, should I focus, you know, dumping a bunch of money into my uh, mortgage and paying that off early, or um, this is a big if, and I'll talk about some of the caveats, would I be better off, you know, dollar cost averaging into investments or increasing my 401k contributions or, or doing other things, right? So um, just understand, though, that uh, over time, as long as there's inflation, uh, the inflation-adjusted monthly payment that you're making theoretically, um, you know, go, goes down a little bit in a weird way. Um, so, so that's that's just a couple things to to consider. Um, you know, it's it gets a little complicated. I realize that, uh, but one of the interesting things too is that if you've got a fixed rate mortgage and you're paying off that mortgage, it's almost like a callable bond. So a callable bond, let's say a city or a company, they need to borrow money, they issue bonds worth a million dollars, and they issue them at 5%. And let's say in two or three years, they can call back in that bond. It means they call back in the loan. And let's say interest rates now, based upon their credit rating and the current interest rate environment, Instead of paying 5% annualized interest, they could pay 2% annualized interest. Well, guess what? They can call in those bonds, reissue new ones, meaning take another loan. Because uh, when you issue bonds, in theory, you're raising capital and you're taking a loan. Uh, but you get to, to adjust the, the interest rate down. And that's kind of what happens with somebody with a mortgage. It's almost like a callable bond because you can refinance that mortgage as long as rates go down far enough. So in essence, you're holding a call of a bond and, you know, if rates go back up, as long as you have the fixed rate mortgage, um, you know, you, it, your rate's not going to adjust. There's different, you know, with adjustable loans, that's an entire different thing and beyond the scope because they can adjust for, uh, for interest rates. But if you've got a fixed rate mortgage, you have the privilege of being able to refinance. And so if rates drop a little bit, it's kind of like having a callable, issuing a callable bond for a corporation or a city. And of course, there are, there may be fees. You know, most likely, there's fees to to refinance, and so there's sort of a, a threshold where rates have to go down. 
Um, and a little bit later on, I'll talk about whether this makes sense in, a, in regards to where you are in sort of the cycle of your, your loan. Later on in a loan, when you're paying more, a greater percentage of your payment is going towards principal, um, you might not save as much as you thought. Um, and sometimes prepaying uh, and getting rid of your mortgage towards the latter half, you know, latter parts of it, you're almost sort of like prepaying yourself early because most of your payments are going towards principal anyway. So should you pay off early? Well, it's better when rates are higher because put it to you this way. Let's say you put money towards paying off your mortgage. You know, if your mortgage rate's 12%, in theory, you're getting, you know, and there's some other things to take in, into consideration, but in theory, you're getting about a, you know, 12% you know, return there. Um, it, it's also, it's, it's relevant to, you know, what other investments and what the risks are that you could get otherwise. Um, so there's a big, big caveat here though. And so for those who say, Hey, look, rates are really cheap right now. I'll just keep paying the mortgage. I understand that over the life of the mortgage, principal and interest, you're paying down the present value of the home. And you're essentially, you know, a lot of people don't stay in a home 30 years, but there's a big, big caveat on that. And so the last thing I'd like to see people do is say, hey, I'm going to just, you know, stick in this mortgage, um, but I'm not going to invest the money I would have put towards paying it down or paying it off early. I'm going to buy a speedboat or, you know, go to the, the Maldives or, uh, Grand Cayman and blow a bunch of money on a, on a vacation because that money is really gets you no return. Um, I guess you had a lot of fun, but it's, uh, it gets you no return. So that's a big, big caveat. And so one of the sort of conditions on even considering this is you've got to be able to, to handle the mortgage payments, right? But you've also got to think if I have money and I say, well, I'm going to, instead of paying down uh, the mortgage early when rates are so low. The big caveat is that you've got to sort of be in the camp of um, investing that money. So I'm really thinking about the question about, okay, payoff early. You know, this is why I stress the, the sort of caveat, right? I think we can summarize it a couple ways. Number one is if you're going to take the money that let's say, let's say you decide not to pay off the mortgage early, keep making the rates. It's sort of like a callable bond. You can always, you know, refinance if it goes low enough, um, providing, right? I mean, you still have income and you qualify and all that type of stuff. But if you were to take that money and put it into investment, would you get a better return on an annualized basis than your mortgage? Now, the tax laws have changed, of course, and I don't advise people on taxes, but Remember, mortgage interest uh, over the the standard deduction, if you're itemizing, there's potential there where you could write some of it off, but it's sort of that marginal difference between, uh, you know, whatever deductions you would take normally in, in the itemization. I don't get into taxes. You can Google that. But um, the question is, you know, if Schiller's right and Robert Schiller says that housing kind of goes up. Uh, along with the rate of inflation, meaning it has really a zero rate of real return. Nominal return is, is pretty much with inflation. Uh, some people might prefer to 
to sort of increase the, the amount of money that goes in their 401k um, each month if they don't have that maxed out. So, But the other thing is, where are you in the mortgage? We talked about that a little bit. The later you are, the more percentage uh, in a fixed rate mortgage that you're paying in principle of each payment. And so if you start to pay it off early and it's really late, let's say you know your last five, 10 years of a 30-year mortgage, um, you're not really paying that much interest, and especially given where interest rates are. Um, but another thing to consider is this. Let's say that you, you pay off your mortgage early and the idea is, okay, you got to look at what percentage of your net worth then does your fully paid off house represent? Let's say you have that, uh, that house that's, you know, whatever it is, you got the 401k, you have your other investments. When you put all that money into the house, sometimes that skews people's risk towards housing uh, price, um, you know, risk. And then another thing that somebody pointed out too, which I thought was interesting, and that's the idea of, you know, some people say, well, if I if I pay down my mortgage completely, um, it's a really good thing from a cash flow basis, and that can't be discounted either because obviously, if you don't have a home mortgage payment, your cash flow is different. But the other thing too is, let's say you've got your house paid off and you need to access that that money. It's not as easy as let's say accessing you know fully liquid um, investments, and so. You know, think about this. Let's say you, you lose your job, something happens with your health, um, some sort of situation where you need to access funds and you've got to go and, and tap the equity in your house. Well, you don't know what the interest rates are going to be. Let's say interest rates are considerably higher when you when you take out, I mean, theoretically, you'd have to take out another loan on your house. Um, you don't know what the interest rates are going to be. And then let's say if you're in a position where you don't, uh, in between jobs or something, um, might be difficult to, to qualify for a loan. So there's a lot of things that you sort of have to look at. The calculation as far as refinancing, number one, obviously interest rates, the fees that you'll have to pay, you know, after the fees, are you really saving? Um, right? There's title insurance, there's all sorts of things. And uh, But then the other thing too is that if you've got a mortgage that's sort of late in life, it's the same thing if you refinance and you extend it out all of a sudden you're paying more of your payment as a percentage in interest as opposed to principal. And so if you've got a loan that's sort of mature and, and late in the game, if rates go down, you kind of got to look at, well, what, what am I really paying on an interest rate basis? Um, and, and of course, nowadays there's, there's loans that you can do that are shorter in term. So, but I just wanted to do this and it really goes a, a few weeks ago, I did an episode whether the fire movement was, uh, was doable and FIRE, of course, stands for uh, financial independence, retire early. There's a big movement and I get questions about that. And one of the things is the idea of, um, you know, plowing a bunch of money into your house to pay it off. Um, but it's sort of, it's not as cut and dry as people think. The idea of increasing periodic investments uh, or putting all, all that money into, into the house. And remember what we talked about with inflation the idea is that if you've got a fixed rate mortgage and your your payment is fixed, uh, you know that's uh, if inflation goes up and costs go up, and you do the inflation adjustment, well, those numbers don't get it, you know, inflated higher. Uh, on an inflation adjusted basis, your payment actually sort of goes down. So it's an interesting hedge against inflation as well. So a lot to consider there. 
And by no means to uh, uh, do a little legal, legal disclaimer. I mean, don't take this as advice to, to do one thing or the other, but I just wanted to bring up a lot of the issues and a lot of the things you should be thinking about when you do your own analysis on whether it's better to, to pay off a mortgage earlier or whether it's better to put money towards uh, investments. And I think one of the things that's often missed is the whole present value of all those payments over time is simply you're paying over time the present value of, of your loan. And the other thing that gets discounted a lot is this idea of inflation. Uh, no one really talks too much about the idea of inflation, uh, especially when you've got a, a fixed rate. And then finally, the idea of, of really comparing a home mortgage to a callable bond. You know, when you, you have a mortgage, you essentially gotten a loan, much like a corporation issues a bond or a city issues a bond, they're taking a loan and they can call back in those bonds and sort of refinance. So they can issue new bonds at lower rates to pay off the old bonds. Um, homeowners can do the same thing on a fixed rate mortgage because you can, you can essentially, it's a callable bond. So if rates drop enough, and I think recently we're seeing new lows in bond yields. So I'll be curious to see what, uh, what opportunities people have to, uh, if, if they can refinance or if they can get lower rates. Uh, and then finally, I'll just say, you know, when, it wasn't too long ago that people were happy getting a 7% rate on their mortgage. And when rates were much higher, the percentage of your payment that went towards interest as opposed to principal was, you know, was much higher. And so now with rates being lower uh, and you look at the rate above inflation, um, it's rates have come down quite a bit. Uh, of course, the, the uh, ancillary thing that a lot of people point to is maybe that's why houses have uh, gone up in value because obviously the lower rates people can afford more. But anyway, a lot of things to consider and I just wanted to go through that. It's a little bit more detail than we normally do, uh, but I feel like I get questions about this and hopefully this helped you to at least think about the things you should be writing down on paper when you consider this. All right, folks, we'll be back next week. Remember, instead of wasting time rating and reviewing this and starring it. Go ahead and share this podcast with somebody, uh, maybe someone who hasn't listened to the podcast before if you think it's valuable. And uh, continue to uh, send notes or emails with suggestions on future episodes. This one actually came from a listener's suggestion. So you can go to RazorWealth.com, contact me, and send a note if you have an idea for a future episode of the Broken Pie Chart podcast. All right, we'll talk to you next time.